Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Live from your favorite new Banana Republic, affectionately known as the U.S. of A. It's the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel, banned on Twitter, Cheeseman. And I'm Chad, 25th Amendment, so wash. And on this week's episode, Spets or Swallows, Facebook goes gig and nerds look to unionize. Power to the privileged. Take a break from hoarding your gold and Bitcoin. We'll be right back. Sovereign Parser is the most accurate resume and job order intake technology in the industry. The more accurate your data, the better decisions you can make. Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Yeah, so how's 2021 working out for you? Yeah, here's to 2022. Damn. The dumpster fire just rolled over January 1st and then heads down in the new year. So what are your thoughts? Obviously, we have to touch on it a little bit. It's such big news. Anarchy in America. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think this is what happens when you allow a bunch of white privileged men who are in government to uh, (laughs) incite a fucking riot. Whitey gone wild. That's exactly what's happened here. If Black Lives Matter would have rolled up like those guys, we would have had dead people, people in flex cuffs. I mean, overall, Mm -hmm. Ann Applebaum, uh, she wrote an amazing article in the Atlantic this morning, and it's uh, what Trump and his mob taught the world about America. And she nailed it. Hmm. I mean, we we were the bright, shining beacon on a hill. You know, I talk to people from the EU all the time, all over the world, and they're just like, fucking Americans, always, <laughs> always beating your chest. And this is what happens when that's all we do is beat our chest. We need to stop it. We need to be more humble. This shit happens. And now we are not the pure democracy, the bright shining banana republic on the fucking hill. I mean, it's fucking crazy. Come on. Don't we get a Trump mulligan once every 200 years? No. I think that's somewhere in the history no. books that we get a mulligan. For no. this. So, yeah, we both talked about. Sort How many of- votes did he get? 
Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> 71 million. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you and I, you know, we've been more global uh, than ever before. But the, the the opinions of people all around the world are important. Um, yes. And we've heard it. I married a damn Canadian. So every day I got to hear about Trump this and Trump that. So, so that's fun. My, my two cents around this whole thing is like, you know, if, if you have a democracy republic, you know, trust and truth seem to be paramount in all of this. And I think truth has gone, gone off the rails. It's not there. You know, having to take a really deep look at social media. Yeah. You know, what Facebook does to to be more profitable in the short term while, you know, throwing democracy into the ground um, needs to be evaluated because the truth, I literally think the people that stormed the Capitol believe that they are the revolution, revolutionary war reincarnated. I really believe that they think they have been screwed over, that they are waving the flag. They are patriots, that they're doing the right thing because I think we all, we all live in two different universes of truth. And I think social media, media in general, I mean, I watch Fox and I go, is this what really? And then CNN, like they're not even on the same page in many cases. Yeah. So truth is really out the door. And then trust in terms of who we are as a people. Um, do we trust our institutions? Do we trust, you know, voting? Literally no trust in, in our institutions and the rule of law and the democratic process and like all that stuff needs to needs to be repaired. That was my takeaway from yesterday. Without trust and truth, things just fall apart. You and I are old enough to remember the days of Tom Brokaw and even uh, even further back than that with Walter Cronkite, right? Uh-huh. I mean, our, hearing our grandfathers talk about oh, yeah. when JFK got shot and Walter Cronkite was the voice of sort of reason and, and we all had that one voice and that's totally off the rails. Uh, Russia infiltration is a problem. So yeah. Shit's fucked up. We look bad in the in the world. I still believe, call me naive, what's right with America. Uh, what's wrong with America isn't bad enough that it can't be fixed with what's right with America. And I have a little bit of faith in Joe Biden. Super loved his comments yesterday. He went on TV like he had a pair. Yeah. Uh, unlike unlike the other guy down the street. And uh, that was really heartening. I, I'd like to say in, in pivoting toward the, the more optimistic. Yes, Stacey Abrams, you give that woman whatever she wants. She allow her to do the vaccination rollouts, allow her to yeah. do whatever it is, because she's going to do it right. She's going to execute and she's going to make shit happen. Right. And uh, and that's what we saw in Georgia. We saw a, a rally of truth. We saw a rally of people who never voted before and, and mainly, I believe, have to take a look at the demographics. But I mean, mainly, I think it was uh, was black people. Yeah. They understand that they do have a voice and they did with Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. And I think to me, the whole day was overshadowed. That that topic in itself was overshadowed by the shitstorm of yesterday. But we have to remember that has happened and hopefully... God, please, a new day is going to be coming soon and we can change the shit. And talk about in defense of the long game. I mean, uh, Stacey Abrams seems like a sort of a overnight success. Oh, no. She's apparently been building this foundation yeah. for over a decade. Oh, so, yeah. you know, uh, these things don't don't happen overnight. And, and hats off to her that she played the long game and is reaping the rewards, uh, you know, years and years hence. Hats off to her for sure. So let's talk about winners. <laughs> winners, winner, 
winner, winner. Hell yeah. All right. So listeners know about our Pappy's giveaway. That's right. Sponsored by our, our buddies at Sovereign, who love we, Sovereign. we love to, to no end. Uh, we, d- we did a random drawing. We went to random.org. So by the way, if you need to ever pick a winner of something randomly, check out random.org. It's what my wife uses for all her uh, science shit. So anyway, <laughs> so drum roll, we've got Matt O'Donnell. Whoa! From... People Scout is our first Pappy's winner. Matt, congratulations to you. Our second Pappy's winner goes to Lynn Morton of Tradeify. Hats off to you guys. How great is that? All right. And our 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 consolation winner, bummer, you just get a, a bottle of Blanton's uh, Japanese export exclusive. Like uh, a five hundred dollar bottle of yeah, you, you can cry in your dram, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it goes to Peter Sushi. There you go. Peter at CVS Health. Uh, so, again, that's Matt O'Donnell, Lynn Morton, and Peter Sushi. Hopefully I'm saying that name right. It's not Sucky or Suki. Uh, are all big winners in our Pappy's free giveaway. Again, thanks to Sovereign. We're hoping that we can get a, a Zoom tasting with everybody. Yes. Because we're gonna we're gonna have a drink and celebrate a little bit. So Amen. big ups to them. We appreciate you guys, and we have more winners. Everybody wins. We're like Oprah on this fucking podcast. <laughs> we got James Deneen from Recruitix. Uh, James no! James is our beer drop sponsored by Adzuna winner. Man, dude is hyped. He oh, is yeah? super hyped. What kind of He's beer? An I- He's an IPA drinker. Yes! We're getting that out to him now. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have a, a Zoom tasting uh, with James soon. He's out in California, so hopefully he can be on a beach while we're freezing our asses off here in Indiana and uh, let us know what life life is really like over some beer. Thanks, Adzuna and Sovereign. You guys rock the house. Amen. Amen. So a couple of weeks ago, I actually said that more of us should actually reach out to friends, old friends, new friends, and just have like virtual beer time, right? Have this cathartic time that you and I enjoy doing a podcast. Amen. But so I was having virtual beers with an old high school buddy who works uh, security in a hospital where we grew up in North Central Ohio. And uh, he says, I got vaccinated last week. And I'm like, damn, dude, I I am so fucking (laughs) envious right now. He said, yeah, I was number seven in line. And in the medical facility in Mansfield, they have about 2,700 employees. Guess how many people were vaccinated on the first day, Joel? Oh, it's got to be 100%, right? 75 people. (laughs) Think about it. Think about it. We We see news reports of people lining up taking selfies, showing their like shot marks and getting excited about getting vaccinated. Nope, not at Redneck Central, my friend. (laughs) So my my sister manages a uh, senior living center and she got her second shot today. So Uh, so shout out to my sister for that one. This shit is real. Like, yeah, she's had an outbreak of 28 people and she's she's had a super tight facility an 18 year old who came in brought it in and it shit spread like wildfire so glad the vaccine is rolling out so glad that that we can save the people that we can and and god damn it get the shot man the people that can't get it like chad and myself yeah we're jealous man and the fact that you don't want to take it like what the hell is wrong with you so so the hill reported in ohio 60 percent of nursing home staff elected not to take the vaccine what the fuck people you are the ones taking care of the most susceptible citizens in the united states this to me is a bridge too 
far. And, and we talked about this last week. Yeah, this is going to be something that the EEOC has already has already supported. If employers mandate you get that fucking shot before you come back to work, guess what's going to happen, kids? You're going to roll up that goddamn that that fucking uh, sleeve. <laughs> yeah, we debate all the time of whether or not employers should require it. Like, if any should require it, it's these folks, senior yes. living centers, healthcare facilities. Yes. Good Lord, people, teachers, how about them? Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's going to be a weird year. Let's talk about some news. Event. Events. I have what an event. Those? I have an event. So okay, okay. go figure. It's virtual because I don't have my shot. But the yeah. recruitment automation conference, which is next week, I'm going to be leading a panel of heavy hitting TA pros, Crystal Johnson from EA Sports, Trent Cotton from BBVA, and... Jen Terry, newly with Jovio after leaving AT&T after 20 years. We only have 40 minutes, so it's going to be fast and furious, I promise. But check me out on LinkedIn and Twitter for the registration link or go to wadeandwendy.ai. Wow, those are some heavy hitters. But I guess I guess every every baseball team needs a water boy, right? Exactly. That's where that's where you come in. Oh, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Let's get to stories, shall we? Topics. Paradox acquires Spets. Not Spitz. That would be much more entertaining. Uh, Spets or Swallows? Paradox knows the answer. Uh, they acquired Spets.io, an Israeli startup. Uh, it's raised a little less than a million dollars. Founded in 2017. I had never heard of them. I'll be honest and say I'd never heard of them. And we talk a little bit about chatbots and yep. know a little bit about people who do it. So they're, they're selling this as uh, an aqua hire. Uh, some smart people that are going to be joining Paradox. They're selling it as a, a global sort of footprint. They'll be able to serve customers all over the globe more easily mm-hmm. through an Israeli uh, headquarters. They're pl- you know everyone's giving the standard PR. We're excited. This is awesome. Our customers are going to love it. To me, it feels a little bit like consolidation, uh, a little bit like a small up and coming player, maybe with some smart folks. There wasn't much talk about technology. So I don't know if that played into it at all. I'm guessing not so much. My guess is this was not a big price tag. There was no disclosure on the price. But my guess is uh, knowing knowing the paradox leadership as I do, they were probably pretty smart and, <laughs> and got this got this uh, got this guy on the cheap. Yeah. So I mean, it's less than a million in funding, and they're in Israel, where we've seen companies like ZipRecruiter make large investments in building AI teams. Yeah. Uh, they did have some some. A handful of notable brands, um, but I, I think, to be quite frank, it's it, it's just another smart move to check the global box when selling to enterprise. iSims buys Opening and Easy Recruit. Smart recruiters buy JobPal and Phenom buys in double. So I think we're going to be seeing more of this. We're going to see the expansion. And this, as we talked about before, I I think buying chatbots or AquaHire per se, because they might Mm -hmm. just trash the tech overall, but being able to have those individuals, much like AMS uh, did when they bought, was it Jane or Karen or something like that? That was an aqua hire and they built yeah. hourly out of it, right? So, I mean, it's like, let's get those engineers, let's get them where they're at, let's expand, let's check that global box and let's start building shit under the Paradox brand. And yep. guess what? You get a big payday. 
or a, a good payday. Put it that way. Yeah. Well, first of all, I love that they 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 highlighted SodaStream as one of their clients because it was news to me that SodaStream was still around. So that was nice. And, and secondly, you know, when you build these technologies and you've raised a million dollars and you look around and see, oh, they've raised 40, they've raised 50. Like at some point you go, I'm bringing a squirt gun to a howitzer fight and you say, I better get and the right on the right playground and get the right partners to actually make my business viable. Um, so I don't, uh, you know, I made light of like discount shopping, but there may have been a real, <laughs> a, a real effort by Spets to say, look, we don't want to raise the money or it's, we don't want to focus on that. Uh, we know that we need more resources to be competitive. Uh, let's call up, you know, some of the players that we, that we respect and see if we can get a deal done. And, and maybe that's what, what happened there. Yeah. Uh, Pepsi owns SodaStream, by the way. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Who knew you got you knew sodas so well? You're such a sugar fiend. I've got the internet. You have the internet. <laughs> the internet? What so, the hell is that? So, so I want to I, I take a quick diversion away from, you know, uh, Spets. <laughs> a, a listener sent us an email that uh, they received from CareerBuilder the other day where CareerBuilder was looking to enforce their auto renewal services a little bit, a little bit tighter, right? No shit. Now, generally, generally, we wouldn't see this as a big deal at most organizations. I believe moves that appear to be small like this for CareerBuilder are indication of that company's move away from humans and toward mm-hmm. bleeding as much from the bottom line as they possibly can. Sure. The big question is, how long do you think CareerBuilder can milk what they've been doing uh, before they just they just dry up and die? Yeah. By the way, it's hard to ignore something that's running around with its head on fire. It, it tends to like draw the eyeballs to it. But yeah, this this new this new sort of I don't know policy where you have to give a ninety day notice if you're a one year contract, which is that's crazy, right? Three months. Yeah. But but what's crazier? This is really crazy. If you're a monthly contract, you have to give a fifteen day notice that you're canceling. So in 15 days of your contract, you got to let us know if you're in or out, which I think is ridiculous. It reminds me of the the original Star Wars. Uh, There's a scene where Princess Leia and Darth Vader are talking and she says something like, you know, the the tighter you you make your grip on the rebellion, the more we slip through your fingers. Yeah. And and when companies like have to grasp on to those last straws of customers, what ends up happening is all the customers just slip through their hands and go somewhere else. And that's essentially, I think, what what career builder is doing here. They're they're thinking that they're holding on to customers when they're really losing them. They're on the wrong side of history here. The world is moving towards, uh, you know, software as a service. Pay us by the month. Pay us for the year. You'll get a discount, you know, for doing so. Cancel any time. No long term contracts. And this, yeah, this is gonna this is just gonna play out poorly for them as everything else does. They're going to lose more clients. Uh, people are going to be pissed off at them because they're renewing stuff that they don't want renewed. Uh, it's just it's just the dumpster fire continuing to blaze at CareerBuilder. How long? Do you think they'll last a year? Oh, the company? Yeah. Sure, they'll last. I don't think Irina will last. I think she'll be gone. And they, I mean, they may sell it. I mean, look, there's a big hiring spree coming, apparently, from the uh, pandemic being over. Yeah. So, you know, a year from now might be the to- the right time to like unload it to somebody who who wants to pay for a premium for it. I don't know what they have left other than Broadbeam, but okay. They have 90-day notices on their <laughs> contracts. That's what they have. 
You buy CurBuilder, you've got cash flow for at uh, least 90 days. They, they might, they should probably <laughs> switch to the gig economy. <laughs> they probably should. As is hot these days, as you know. It is. When something is hot and profitable, guess who pays attention? Mark Zuckerberg and the kids at Facebook. So we've got word here recently that uh, Facebook has taken a look at the growth of Upwork, Uber, Instacart, DoorDash, you name it, and have said, we might want a piece of that. So they're looking a little hard at the gig economy. No specific plans or official plans. This is sort of rumor mill stuff, but they've gotten into jobs. They've gotten into sort of Slack territory with messaging. Um, what are your thoughts on Facebook heading into the gig economy like all the cool kids? Yeah, I got to give a shout out to the job board doctor. I read this on his blog. Personally, I think this is like a side hustle. Happy New Year, doctor. Yeah, I think this is kind of like a side hustle, more of a come over and set up my IKEA kind of platform more than a, a major project-based gig platform. I mean, I've used the marketplace to sell lawnmowers and furniture, and, and it's easy. Uh, and I think this might be a great way for people to get like task rabbit types of hustles, but this is not a steady platform to find gigs to feed your family. Gotcha. So mowing the yard. Yeah. Yeah. Thumbs up. Oh, yeah. Uh, coming in to be chef of my restaurant, not so much. Yeah. Old what- ladies wanting their their light bulbs changed in their home. I mean, stupid shit like that, right? That needs done. <laughs> cleaning out cleaning out gutters, you know, that kind of shit, right? But this is this is this is not gonna be really anything other than again, like a task rabbit. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna be too worried about uh replicating cameo, apparently. Oh, and geez. we'll get to this later, but all their workers are gonna start unionizing soon. So they've got bigger problems than taking on Fiverr, Upwork, and, and Uber. Well, a bigger problem, though, is that in a story from MarketWatch, the first signs of the broad effects of the passage of Prop 22 in California, yep. Albertsons confirmed Monday that it's moving away from doing its own grocery delivery in Southern California and toward using third-party delivery services. Albertsons is also Vons, Pavilions, Safeway, and they decided to shift in early December. How does this shape the market moving forward? I mean, if you have FTEs and or, you know, part timers out Mm -hmm. there under your umbrella, you're mainly just pushing them out into the jungle of gig work. I think if you are a big enough organization and I would put Albertsons in that category, Mm -hmm. you should be running your own show. Um, If you're a small, you know, one restaurant Yes. You know, a couple, a couple businesses locally, like you should totally be leveraging Instacart, DoorDash, yeah. whatever, because yeah. you do not have the capacity to have an army of people delivering shit for you. Um, but if you have the wherewithal, you should have a mobile app that has rewards, that has a branding experience when someone delivers something yeah. that makes you feel a certain way when it's delivered by your company. And aside from the branding components of that, and, you know, I mean, I know there are issues with we have more employees and it's a whole thing and like the technology around that. What's going to happen is, you know, take heed from Netflix, Amazon, like these things sound good until Instacart launches their own grocery store and they already have the data. (laughs) Yeah. You laugh, but I'm serious. No, I agree. They have all the data of all these customers, what they like to buy, when they like to buy it. You know, they have all this data and data is the new gold, right? Or the new Bitcoin, one of the two. Yeah. So, so, you know, 10 years, five, 10 years down the road, Albertsons is going to go, 
holy shit, everyone's just buying directly from Instacart. Like no one's buying from us anymore because it's a better experience with Instacart. So to me, like if you're big enough, you should make the investment to have your own delivery, have rewards, hook people in, give them, you know, shit extra like Prime, you know, Prime Video and stuff that makes it even better. Give them, you know, local cue. I don't know what, what you have to do. Yeah. And when Albertsons itself has revenues of $62 billion per year yeah. and, and then Safeway, <laughs> Safeway's at $38 billion. It's like, guys, Kroger, they own the ecosystem, the data. So I, I agree 100%. I think this is a bad move. Yep. Yep. But what's not a bad move is choosing JobAdX. Are you prepared to engage the wave of returning job seekers? Whether you're struggling to fill high volume hourly roles or looking for long-term full-time talent, your recruiting toolkit needs to be lean and mean as you adjust with fewer resources tighter budgets, and rapid hiring needs in a saturated and competitive market. Posting jobs shouldn't be a lengthy, risky, or fruitless process. You can count on JobAdX to be your force maximizer. Automate the details of your programmatic job ad distribution, candidate targeting, and budget management. Reach relevant candidates effortlessly across 200 sites in the U.S. and Canada. Simply upload a feed of your jobs and set your budget in less than five minutes. JobAdX presents your jobs to targeted candidates based on their job preferences to get granular. Now your advertising spend can go towards more relevant candidates, not just more applicants. What's more, your JobAdX programmatic campaigns now reach the government job bank systems in over 30 states, giving you centralized access to the majority of active job seekers eager to get off of unemployment and get back to work. Send us a note today with your unique challenge to see how we can help you in the new state of recruiting. Make the next step forward and start your results-focused campaign now at JobAdX.com. That's J-O-B-A-D-X.com. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman. I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, text kernel uh. brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. Text Kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey. Kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that, that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> you ready for a big sports weekend? Uh, kind of. 
Yeah, yeah. So I got I got to give some quick shout outs to my sports, my okay. sports. So sports. so my 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 mighty Ball State Cardinals. Chirp, yes, they chirp. have they have a football team. Chirp, chirp, motherfucker. So my Ball State Cardinals <laughs> played the San Jose State Trojans or Knights or something and and kicked their ass. So oh, shout yeah. out to my Ball State cards. Shout out to my Browns who made the playoffs. For the first time in 18 years, uh, they're going to get their asses whipped by the Steelers, a team. Uh, but anyway, that's a different story. And shout out to uh, Indiana. Uh, if you're a basketball fan, specifically a college basketball fan, the entire March tournament is going to be in the state of Indiana. So that'll be a party. And lastly, in sports, uh, the Red Sox hired the first woman coach ever in pro baseball. That is a little bit of progress. I'm guessing she's going to be on the A A squad, uh, single A ball. But, uh, hey, it is progress. Shout-outs in sports, everybody. You missed the best sports overall. What? Dabo Sweeney gets smacked yeah. in the face by Ohio State. I was leaving it for you. Dude, Dabo Sweeney starts talking smack to Ohio yeah. State, saying Ohio State doesn't deserve to be in the top four. Number 11. Yeah, they, number 11. That's what he put him at. It's 11. <laughs> and then Ohio State just gobsmacks the fucker. And uh, yeah, so enjoy your time at home, Dabo. All right, give me an Alabama Ohio State prediction. I'm going to go 49 28. Oh, blowout. Okay. I like your 49, but I'm going to, I'm going to skew to like 45 for Alabama at a Ohio, Ohio State win. Um, definitely pick the Ohio State to cover in your, in your betting uh, activities. Speaking of betting activities or betting at all, Google employees or Alphabet are unionizing. This is a story that got your, your attention. Yep. This one is from the LA Times. More than 400 workers across Google and other units of Google's parent company, Alphabet, has signed up for the union. We've been quietly in the works for a year. People involved or familiar with this organization said it marks the culmination of years of walkouts, petitions, and increasingly public discussions among tech employees related to race, ethics, and technology, and other issues. Yet very few have voted to formally join a union until now. So Mm. unions have been really a staple for working class jobs to provide protection, Mm -hmm. collective bargaining, fair pay, benefits. But this is more than that. These are white collar and and better paid individuals. Why do you think they're doing this? Yeah, I have visions of like a bunch of millennials eating avocado toast and saying like, it's wrong. And then fill in the blank of whatever, whatever it is. Right. I mean, when, when you when I think of unions, you know, I'm thinking Jimmy Hoffa, uh, you know, war in the streets with scabs and and, uh, you know, poor families in towns in West Virginia digging coal and shit. I mean, this flips that totally on its head. These are like knowledge workers. These are educated folks that could probably go anywhere um, and get a pretty good job. Now, while I while I'd rather see Amazon warehouse workers unionize and we've seen Amazon, you know, do backflips to try to get unions like not to come into Amazon and yeah. firing people that talk about it or, or do activities. I am I am skeptical that this will have any kind of long-term uh, impact on anything. I think these these folks, they're not badly paid. They're not stuck in this job. It's not like, again, like the West Virginia coal mine where like there are no other jobs in town. This is what I have to do. We're going to get together and, and d- demand more wages that we can make a living. I have a hard time saying that with these folks. 
if I were them, I'd say, look, take take the money that you're getting, you know, the stock that you're getting in these companies and, and just write a check to, to clean the oceans, you know, donate to black colleges or cure cancer or whatever whatever initiative or cause that you want to support. I just don't see a lot of a lot of legs and, and you know, a union at Google. Call me crazy. Yeah. Well, I think I think you're dealing with with different types of workers and a couple of quotes. So if your main motive is profit, you may not put ethical concerns as high as the profit motive. We want to serve as a counterbalance to that. That's uh, from one of the employees who is a reliability engineer. Another one says, I'm happy with the money and the benefits I make, but I can't be content with that if I don't think my work is helping out the world. See, that's the difference between you, Joel, and the kids <laughs> of today. No, no, seriously, seriously. You you and I grew up where we were just pouring gas in, in coal into the atmosphere, and we'll probably die out before this shit actually hits the fan. These guys care because it's going to impact them. So your thoughts of saying, write a check, it's got to be bigger than that. You have to be able to, again, this is the difference between sitting on the bench and saying that's wrong and getting the fuck up and doing something about it. Don't write a fucking check. Don't. You can do that if you want, but this does more. You get more people involved. You create community. You create movements. That's what they're trying to do. The big question is, do you think this union bug will spread to other big names inside Silicon Valley? I think that it will it will start sprouting uh, activities at other companies. Again, I think like Amazon, there's going to be a real uh, desire to squash it. You know, it, I've talked about making change through voting in the path in the past. And I think similarly with these types of things, if you want to make a difference, don't buy shit like delete Facebook or stop using Google and use DuckDuckGo. Like these companies make so much money. Their shareholders are so happy. No CEO wants to face the wrath of the public markets saying we're going to be less profitable because our workers don't like a certain thing. Again, this is a change. This is a change in the way we've done business. You're still in the 80s mindset. People still like money, right? These are spoiled brats. And as soon as the coffee shops and the pubs and the dance clubs open back up, we won't hear about this anymore. Mark my words. The old white man in the room, you, you are the problem. I'm totally the problem. But this makes for a good podcast, doesn't it? <laughs> Let's talk about, geez, facial recognition is just taking hit after hit this week. So, Dude. so recently we had a New Jersey man yes. was accused of shoplifting and trying to hit an officer with a car. These are two, at least one really, really serious thing. Uh, he is the third known black man to be wrongfully arrested based on facial recognition. <sighs> What are we going to do about this? So this is one of my predictions for this year. Last week uh, on last week's podcast with uh, Tim Sackett, check it out if you haven't uh, listened to it yet. I predicted that uh, legislation against facial recognition. And then the New York Times prints this, uh, which pretty much just fortifies, hopefully, the prediction. <laughs> and uh, it, now this happened in February 2019. Uh, mm -hmm. Najir Parks was accused of shoplifting candy and then exactly what you'd said, uh, trying to hit a police officer with his car, except Najir was 30 miles away when this happened. The software failed, yet he spent 10 days in jail and paid $5,000 to defend himself. This happened in February. In November, yeah. they finally dropped the charges. 
The thing that we have to take a look at here, whether it's hiring, whether it is social justice, which this definitely is, is are we using technology responsibly and is it ready for general usage? It's not. We've got to get rid of this shit. Yeah. If the facial recognition camera can't capture the license plate of the car that tried to hit the cop, like why should we think it should actually figure out who the hell's driving the car? Uh, The feds are going to get involved in this, I think. Um, This is a state issue, but I feel like with a a liberal-leaning government coming into power, these rules around privacy, facial recognition um, are going to come to a head. Uh, I assume that we'll we'll see legislation at some point making this illegal, uh, particularly for like security purposes and law, uh, law enforcement and hiring. I think it's different as advertising or something like that. And that'll probably come to a head at some point as well. Yeah. You know, will conservatives fight it? You know, I assume they might, um, you know, the the party of law and order. Right. They screwed that up yesterday. But anyway, the party of law and order, right? Like, so we're seeing stories of facial recognition uh, software sort of saw Antifa uh, members in the crowd. And so, so there's this, I think there's going to be an element of pushing back on it, but man, you, you can't be putting people in jail because a computer says, yeah, that's who did it. Like, that's just a bad future. This is minority report shit, right? This is yeah. like predicting that somebody's yeah. going to fuck something up and do it wrong. Just go, yeah, just go ahead. They're going to kill somebody, throw them in jail now. Yeah. And we're seeing that in the workplace, right? Like who's more likely to, to leave a company? And we have companies that are trying to figure out, okay, who's who's a flight risk in terms of, of your talent, you know, your talent base. Yep. And that shit's all going to be, you know, I don't know, something that is going to be dealt with. And I think it, ultimately the federal government is going to make some laws around, yes, that's fine or no, it's not. And in most cases, it's not. It's not. <laughs> Well, what is right and who has great technology and is not in facial recognition whatsoever is Jobvite. Jobvite, the leading end-to-end talent acquisition suite. Named a leader in ATS, recruitment marketing, CRM, and onboarding on G2. Kim B says Jobvite is a user-friendly, passionate enterprise team that takes care of you. Jolly good. Jeffrey R says candidates are constantly telling us we get it right compared to other orgs. Love that. Results driven by AI. Connections built by humans. Jobvite. Learn how you can involve your TA function at jobvite.com. So did you get your present from the boys at Carru? <laughs> oh, God. You didn't warn me you were going to bring this up. Yes, I did. I got a... Oh, so this is great. My wife goes to get the mail or the package or whatever it was delivered. And when you when you send international shipments, you have to put what's in the package on the on the, the, the slip, right? So she, my wife brings me this package and says, oh, you got some underpants from Europe or whatever. And I'm like, oh, this isn't going to end well at all. And so I open this thing up and I... It's a... Yeah, it's a pair of, of, of skivvies with download now on the back and a big Karoo uh, logo on the front. And then I, I look a little further into the package. There's a fucking condom in there too. And it says like <laughs> slip into your next job with Karoo. So great. You know, this is me like clapping uh, personally for that. Uh, these are our, our kind of people, but man, they, they push the envelope. They push the envelope. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to have to get uh, get some pictures of uh, you wearing those. And so we have uh, that's good. That's social media gold right there. (laughs) 
I'll, I'll model the Uggs, but I won't model the Karoo <laughs> underwear. Okay. And I'm the Karoo underwear in the Uggs. <laughs> <laughs> and don't even ask me to model the condom because that's way out of bounds, my friend. I won't, I will not entertain that. Uh, you like, you like, you like the Wolf of Wall Street, don't you? That's one of your, your favorite movies. No, I've not seen it. You haven't seen it? I haven't seen no, it. We'll put, all right. Well, I'll put it on for, my someone, list. for someone who watches Spider-Man 18 times a year, can you put Wolf of Wall Street by Martin Scorsese on your, okay, on your watch list? Okay, so anyway, geez. so it tells the story of Jordan Balfort who scammed, you know, Wall Street in the 80s and, wow. and whatever. So he went to jail and I just want to give a shout out. He's doing something pretty interesting with salespeople. So it's almost a hybrid staffing slash certification business. And we talk about Google giving, you know, certifications and big companies, but, but Jordan is basically training salespeople but he's not just training them in a Tony Robbins fashion and saying, okay, good luck. He's training them and then he's placing them with companies. Some of them are pretty big names to sales jobs. And so this is a really interesting hybrid. I want to know your thoughts because you're, you're a sales guy. Yeah. Is this something that will, will take hold? Will companies look to someone like Jordan Belfort to place salespeople? And, and is sales sort of a unique function in that you can't really teach it or you can teach it, but, you know, finding the ones that you want and, and getting them trained is a pain in the ass. So it, this seems like this could work. What do you think? No. <laughs> Unless you outsource the entire sales process. I mean, that's yep. the thing is that it's it, it's a system. I, I've seen so many sales systems, spin selling. Yep. I mean, just all these different, you know, methodologies of sales. Mm hmm. If you do it that way, it's got to be something that uh, that your whole department, management, everything buys into. But generally, it just turns into a fad. Yeah. When I was first hired to be in sales, I had no sales background. And I was told that uh, my military background was what they were really looking for. Had nothing to do with sales. It had to do with knowing that I was mission-oriented, focused on objectives. I would be there on time and I would mm -hmm. be respectful. Those are yeah. really the core pieces to having a great salesperson, at least the starting of a great salesperson. So, uh, yeah, I think I think this kind of stuff, the, the guy's a scam artist. <laughs> well, you know who's not a scam artist, or maybe he is. Elon Musk now, you got to be happy, is now the richest dude in the world. He leapfrogged your buddy Bezos? Jeff Bezos this week to be the richest guy on the planet. So, Elon, congrats to you, man. Yeah, and he can actually take one of his rockets off of the planet and be the richest person wherever he goes. So, yeah. As long as he puts a microchip into my brain before he leaves, that's all That's all I want. Yeah, that's you, you do want. that. So we're going to end on a high note. Oh, <laughs> that's... That's not that's not funny. Okay, so this one comes from the Huffington Post. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker closed out 2020 by expunging nearly 500,000. That's right, kids. Half Don't. a million. Half a million non-felony cannabis-related records in action mandated by Illinois' marijuana legislation law that went into effect a year ago. The governor also pardoned over 9,000 low-level cannabis convictions uh, conviction records, mm -hmm. part of the state's efforts to repair the damage inflicted by the war on drugs, which we knew because we lived through that shit. Yep. Um, Just say no. 
Yeah. I mean, we lived through the commercials. Let's, let's just say that we didn't, we didn't actually get nailed and get thrown in jail. Right. And, and mainly because we're, we were white kids. I was good too. Just so you know, I was, I was a good kid. In a unique twist though, the law also created a program that reinvests 25% of the cannabis tax revenue into a fund for youth development anti-violence programs, re-entry programs, economic development, and civil legal aid services, those dealing with high rates of gun violence, child poverty, and incarceration rates. So we start talking about weed and we talk Mm -hmm. about what it could prospectively do to help the community. A couple of things, expunge the records and then use that tax money for something good. And that, that, is at least what it appears Illinois is trying to get done. All I know is how pissed are you being locked up with like all these states going legal and thinking I'm going to be free eventually. This is going to be off my record eventually. Oh, you mean in Indiana? Yeah, we're well, sitting. Oh. You, got, you got people like right across the we're next state over. surrounded by the weed. Yeah, we're the next state over. Indiana, you got these guys who are sitting in jail right now going, what the fuck? We out. Thank you for listening to... What's it called? The podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. So many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chadcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. So weird. We out. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast, Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.